Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Talk about something I believe that uh, is the most important thing in Scripture concerning us as followers of Jesus. How about that? That's a mouthful, isn't it? Uh, but it's not only the most important thing, but it is a natural principle. So I love when there's important things and natural principles because then in all actuality, it shouldn't be that hard, right? But it is. And it happens to be anything that is this impacting and influential in the Christian walk, in the walk of a believer the devil is going to attack big time. And so when you get this information, these type of truths that I'm going to present before us all, you will see this is a, always a fact, and, and this is sad, but it's a true fact, religion will always attack it, always. So there's gonna be truths, God's word, spiritual truths that line up with natural principles and know this religion and the enemy will attack it. And I'll show and prove my point in a minute. And it might, you know, some of you might feel a little guilty, but hey, the information is to help us and to change, right? We all feel guilty sometimes here in truth. Isn't that true? Or are you guys all perfect? You, don't, you didn't need Jesus because you were perfect, right? No, we all, we all need information that helps us change, helps us understand that this, we should not be this way. And, it, and it's important to see these things because we want to have better, do better, be better, right? Isn't that what we want in our lives? Now, I know that a lot of times we give up. We quit in life. We stop. We fail so many times that it's like, why try again? Why do it again? Why go through this process again? And it, it's sad, but that's a commentary on the, on the human race. And we've got to be better than that. Why? Because we belong to a different family now. Before, you could use that cop out and get away with it. But now, you're a child of God. You're a son and daughter of God. So that means you can't play that old, that old game. That's done. We got to start now operating in this new life, in this new family. And it's by getting this information into our lives. Now, how many have been a Christian for more than 10 years? Raise your hand. Okay, that's quite a few. That's probably over half. Now, as long as you've been a Christian for over 10 years, has this Bible ever changed? Has the information ever changed? Has the pages ever changed? Has a sentence ever changed? No. So the same thing that you heard over 10 years ago, over thousands of years ago, has never changed. So wouldn't you believe there are going to be many things that you read that you've read before? Right? Many things you're going to hear that you've heard before. And that's what we have to understand is, is that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to hear and hear and hear and hear. And there's this, in this Bible, in this word of God, these truths are living truths. So that means when you read a scripture, it could impact you entirely different than it did five years ago. And that's what's so awesome about the Word of God, and that's why I love it so much, and how I can study this the way I do all the time, every day, 
This word has been in my life for years. Years. This is what I do. And it still turns me on. It still impacts me. You know, you don't know how many times I've read the scriptures that I'm going to read today. Hundreds, if not thousands of times. And it still impacts me. I want this to be happening in your life. I want you to be experiencing what I know God designed for us all to experience. And that is this living word. The living word coming alive within our hearts. And we need it. We need it badly. It's, there's so much opposition, so much pressure out there, and mainly it's from us. And we need to be able to overcome us to be able to overcome the world. I mean, the world's got its thing, but I'm telling you, most of our losses are from ourselves. And we need to fix that. And it's going to take this coming alive in your heart. How does a word come alive in your heart? Well, we know just by scripture, it's seed. And when the seed is planted in good ground, it produces. Isn't that simple? Isn't that simple? And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to let this seed enter into our hearts and become fruitful. Now, let me ask you something. Does harvest happen overnight? No, it doesn't. Now, you can benefit, but harvest, true harvest takes time. Does maturity happen overnight? Well, the answer might be yes if you ask a teenager, but anyway. But isn't this true, though? In our lives, this is a process. It's a process. And so here we have to understand that this process needs to take place. Now, a lot of times people go, man, but man, I've been a Christian for so long. So what? What does that mean, I've been a Christian so long? You're now establishing a statement that I should know it all already. And that in itself is a wrong statement. It's a wrong attitude. I mean, that's like, I've been a Christian 10 years. I've arrived. I don't need anything else. And that's pretty much what you're saying. Now, I know what you're saying is, is I've been a Christian for over 10 years, and I still don't know much. And that's embarrassing. I get that. I get that. But it's better to say that than the other way. Like, I should know. What do you mean you should know? Does everybody know the same way? Does every third grader know the same information exactly the same, and they carry that information exactly the same, and they go into fourth grade exactly the same? Is that a true statement? No. No. Some learn quicker. Some learn faster. Some retain the information. Do you, are you guys following me? That's a natural principle throughout the world. That's spiritual truth. So no, we don't look at it with this blanket view that, well, I should know everything. I mean, Paul, which will know way more than us as far as his life and his walk. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, not way more than us because we've got even more than he knew in the sense of we have Peter's, James, John's. We've got other teachings to add to the Paul's writings, right? But the point is, is even in the knowledge he had, this supernatural understanding of the new covenant Near the end of his ministry, his life, he was still saying, I, I still need more. I don't have it all. I've got to keep pressing, keep pressing. And that should be something we look at, pay attention to for our own lives. Amen? 
Because again, we're in a world with a battle with ourselves and the world, and it isn't simple. That's why in the, uh, in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians, I, I, don't, I didn't write it down, 10 something, it says that the Old Testament is an example for us. The scriptures are written for examples. The scriptures relating to the Old Testament. And the Old Testament makes it very clear that when it comes to God's ability to work in your life, it's that walk of faith to where everything looks like the impossible. That's why he went to Joshua, which is a beautiful book and an example for us to all pay attention to as far as becoming born again, receiving Jesus, and then enter into this world, this world that we enter into, this kingdom, this this new way of life is going to have enemies battling for our lives. And so we move into it, which God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And that's a statement that we need to be making, not only in our own, to our own selves, but to those that are new in the faith. You gotta be strong. You gotta be courageous. Why? Because everybody's gonna be against you. This new life, not, people aren't going to be excited. They're going to, they're going to attack you. You're going to go out there in this life where everything is just full-on attack mode to destroy this new belief system. Your old, your past, your old ways are going to be attacking it. Everything's against it. But when we look at the examples, God says this, that once you take the step of faith, in other words, I've given it to you, I will destroy the enemy. I'm going to take care of business. But what's going to happen is, is you're going to have to get sweaty. You're going to have to feel a little drop of blood. You're going to have to see someone getting cut. And in the midst of you taking that sword, in the midst of you fighting a battle against odds that are against you, where everything says this is an impossible task, God says, I'm going to show myself strong on your behalf. And that is exactly an example that we need to pay attention to when we get up on Monday. See, we're wanting God to make himself strong on our behalf while we're still sleeping. And when we get up, everything's taken care of. That's, that's false teaching. God's saying, you're going to have to take your land. You're going to have to take your land. You're going to have to get up and recognize that the enemies, some of that enemies in your job, next cubicle to you, in the car with you, who knows? The point is, is there's a lot of enemies. There's a lot of influences that are trying to get you to go their way. But we got to stand strong. Amen? We got to stand. I like when Ephesians is talking about putting on the whole armor of God. That's not putting on this, this, this fantasy land of equipment that all of a sudden we have it on, it will fix the enemy. No, it's knowledge. It's information. And each part of the knowledge and information is pictured as a specific armor in a Christian's life. And that's pretty powerful because once you start looking at an armor piece and realizing what it protects, then you realize the information of what that is aligned with protects. Salvation protects what? The mind. And salvation is not at all talking about, oh, I'm going to heaven, I'm saved. That's not at all. That's a tiny portion of it. 
The Greek word is so much bigger than that. And so we have to understand what does that word mean. And so when you start putting things together, you start realizing, wait a minute, this knowledge is empowering me and it's equipping me. And that book says in Ephesians 6, it says, and when you've done all the stand, stand. And that's what God's saying. He's saying, on your part, take a stance, and when you stand, be immovable. Don't be fearful. Don't be concerned what other people think. Take your stand and stand. Having put on. Having put on what? Knowledge. Having put on knowledge. When you've done all the stand, stand. Having put on. So what give me the ability to stand? And that word in the Greek literally means a, 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 a military position. A soldier standing guard over something that the, the, his, his captain said, you will guard this with your life. And so that soldier recognizes not only is it his life, but it's family's life. Because if he disregards his orders, he'll be killed and his family. This ain't no messing around. So he knew the importance of standing. And us believers, we've got to do the same thing. When we've done all the stand, stand. And we are going to do that. So let's get this information. I'm going to be talking about the original memes. How many have heard of a meme? Y'all have. You know you have and use them all the time. Everybody in here. Well, not everybody. That would be ridiculous because I don't use them. But I'm not a social media geek. The point is, is y'all do memes, right? Don't be embarrassed. It's what you do, man. Y'all acting like, I don't know what you're talking about, meme. What's a meme? You talking to meme? No. So we have here memes, the beginning. And these are cute ones. Um, I don't really know. I've never seen these before, but I'm sure how many have seen any of one of these things? Okay, see, how many have used any one of those things? All right, see, hey, I didn't say we're talking about memes as being demonic. So don't be afraid to connect with me, okay? Yeah, memes, I use them, Pastor. Sure I do. I mean, everybody does, don't they? That's what I'd like the response, not never heard of them. I don't spend any time on social media. Is he looking? Come on now. You guys are bigger than that. The term mean comes from the Greek word mimatas, mimatas. And isn't that crazy? It literally comes from a Greek word that's translated imitate. Imitate, mimatas, imitate. That's where it comes from. So the guy that created this word took the word from the Greek language, broke it down, and made it what it means today. Now, I had to look up the definition, what a meme is. I know what it is, but I wanted to hear the definition. And it says, it is an idea, a behavior, or style that spreads by means of imitation from person to person within a culture and often carries symbolic meaning representing a particular phenomenon or theme. That's a lot of big words. In other words, it means that when you get to church on time, the face means the definition of how you should feel. Yeah, baby. Right? That's a meme. 
And that's what we have to understand that this guy that created this concept took it from imitation. And so I put the original meme. And the original meme is what? It's in the Bible. It's written all through the New Testament. And it's something that we're going to take a look at because why not get to the original rather than be a copy, right? That could have been a meme. All right, let's move on right along. So the word came from imitate. And Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Ephesians 5, verse 1. Therefore, mimetas, be imitators. Be imitators of God. Be imitators of God as little children. The Greek word little children is the age, like between two to six, that age right in there. And that's the word he, there's, there's four different words for children. And this one is that picture of that child that copies everything. I mean, you see your kids, they're copying consistently at that age. They're, they do things the way you do it. And that's what we're all brought up as because we're human beings. And God created us to be this way. We're mimickers. Everybody in here is a mimicker in some way. Everybody. We imitate. That's our nature. If you're embarrassed about it, then quit imitating whoever you're imitating. The point is, y'all imitating, okay? Everybody got that. So you're learning from someone. You're, you're picking up habits, attitudes by someone. All of you in here. We all have done this. I don't have a problem with saying there are certain things that I'm picking up. If I want to be good at something that I'm not good at, I go to good. I go to the best. And I look at how they do it, the information that they're teaching and their training. And I follow their, their actions and how they do it. And by doing that, it makes me good or better than what I was before because the information I had was not taking to the level I wanted it to. Right now I'm talking about shooting a bow. And so I was brought up shooting a bow with no YouTube, no computer information. It was whoever you went out with, they pulled back the bow and shot it, and that's what you did, pull back the bow and shot it. We didn't have the science of it. We didn't have the information of it. But we knew that we had to practice, and even then we wouldn't practice. Most of the time we just go out hunting every year and hope that that arrow somehow magically hits the target. And there's so many different things that could cause that arrow to miss the target because when it came to mechanical equipment, when I was, it was fingers. And so there wasn't a lot of mechanical equipment to help you offset what you would do naturally in shooting something. I should have brought my bow and just shot up, put up a target and showed you what I was talking about. Even put an apple on someone's head. That would have been cool. I'm not that good yet. But the point is, is in my life and operating in that area, I determined I want to be better at this. And so I looked at myself and said, there's so many things that I can fix in shooting a bow. And so I researched and found what I would believe is someone that you would want to go to, a gold medal winner that is, always a, that is also a champion hunter. 
And I thought, those two, those two things going together, you can't get better than that. Someone that was in the Olympics shot a bow and was a gold medal winner. Someone that goes out and hunting, and, and, and they're great. And I'm telling you, this guy is great. I mean, he takes, you know, he takes 70, 80-yard shots like I do 20 yards, you know, just perfect. And so I, I learned from this guy and how he does things. And so I, 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 I just immerse myself in that to where sometimes I, I see myself hold my body the way he does. I mimic him. I'm imitating him. There's nothing wrong with that. It's the right thing to do if I want to be a great bow hunter. Are you guys hearing me? Y'all doing it. Sometimes I see Pastor Lau doing her baking, and sometimes I say, she looks like Martha right now. <laughs> the girl can bake. I mean, that's all there's to it. I'm talking about Pastor Lau. But, but the influence is there. There's influences in our lives we pay attention to. Now, I'm not saying you become them, become them just by how they sound. No. But what they speak, yeah, certainly. Why? Because the Bible says so. And let's move on more, amen? Be imitators of God. How many hear that and go, what are you, out of your mind? Anybody besides me? Or you all got this? Yeah, I'll, yeah I, I gotta be, I imitate God all the time, yo. Oh, yeah, right. If you, if this, you read this and it's like, oh, I get it, then come up here and teach me because I have a problem with this stuff. I'm like, what? Imitators of God? How do you imitate? You can't even see him. Imitate God. How many thought I'd get up in the morning and, 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 and Monday and, and you got up and you go, well, I'll just be like God today. Anybody in here? Well, I mean, wait a minute. Just a little while ago, you acting like you do this all the time. I'm, I'm just trying to find out who, who is that person that you, you get up. It's your, it's your focus of, I'm like God today. Yo, God, just call me Jehovah. Now, I know this is funny and silly, some, and I get it, because the truth is the truth. We are to imitate him. But then there's a whole lot of groups out there, denominations that hate to hear that scripture spoken in a Christian's life, in a believer's life. In other words, when we as believers say, I need to be more like God, and then all the YouTube, you know, groups Oh, they're saying you got to be God. You're a God. You're a God. And that's the problem with religion is, is they always attack what they don't understand. The key is when you don't understand, you don't attack it. You just, if the understanding don't come, then it don't come. But religion attacks. And that's what we see all through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's always going to attack stuff. Always. And it's attack usually when it's going against the grain of what they want to do what they want to accomplish, what they want to see. So they attack it. It's sad. It's the human nature. It's a religious nature. But it's something we have to look to so we can overcome. Amen? Anybody want to overcome in here? I do. I want to overcome in everything. Every area I need victory in, I want to overcome. I want to. Now, it says, be imitators of God. And you're like going, no way. How is that possible? Well, let's look at Jesus, John 5, 19. And Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do. For whatever the father does, the son does in like manner. So ultimately, we see this, and now we look at this and go, okay, 
No man has seen the Father unless you look at Jesus. Because did he not say to Thomas, have I not been with you long enough? He who sees me sees the Father. I and the Father am one. Isn't that beautiful? So when it says imitate God now because of the Bible and the scripture, we start looking at, okay, okay, imitating Christ would be imitating the Father because I am the Father, am one. Isn't that beautiful? So now it makes a little more sense, right? Now it's not God in the sense of God out there, spirit God, no man has seen, but now it's Jesus, God, where we see. We watch him operate. We hear him speak. We hear him analyze. We hear him uh, uh, apply application in the natural called parables so that we can learn spiritual. Oh, it's so awesome. But we also look at it now and go, but Jesus is just showing us the Father. Oh, when you start understanding that revelation, people, things start changing. My life has never been the same since I started seeing the Father through Jesus. Because I used to see God as God. That's scary God. That's God that's a hurricane, cancer-causing God. That's God that'll, that'll spank you with a car wreck. That's a God that's just looking for some reason to smack you. That's a God that you have to tiptoe around because if you wake him up, he's going to scream and yell. That's a God that won't forgive you. That's a God that's going to make you pay. Oh, yeah, that's the majority of Christians' belief of God, but not of Jesus. And out of the mouth of our Lord, he said, you want to know God? Look at me. And so all of a sudden we go, where'd that other one come from? Religion and the devil. And it's amazing how it gets in our lives, isn't it? Religion and the devil. Because when you start looking at the truth of Scripture, relating it through Jesus and context, you start realizing, wait a minute, God's for me, not against me. The devil is a cancer, car wreck, evil person. He still kills and destroys, not God. God doesn't do that. God gives life and life more abundantly. Isn't that interesting? So now we change the viewpoint, change our understanding. And now it's like going, okay, I'm going to start looking to Jesus. John 17, 20. I am praying not only, I love this one. I remember reading this early on in my walk and thinking, this is all about his disciples. Man, he's speaking this stuff all about his disciples, but I'm not one of them. I'm not Peter, James, and John. I'm not part of the 12. And then I saw this. This was years ago, and it just made me so happy. He said, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me. That's me. I'm praying for Daniel. Isn't that awesome? I'm praying for Ernesto. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for, this is what he's saying. I'm praying for Gordon. He says what? All who will ever believe in me through their message, I pray that they will be one. Jesus saying, just as you and I are one, Father, as you are in me, I am in you. And may they be in us. Why? So that the world will believe you sent me. It's our responsibility to act like 
God. Which when you tear it down to the natural principles of life, it's what we do, people. We are born from parents and we act like our parents. No one, no one on this planet is born from parents and then the parents go, now make sure you act like your neighbors. No one does that. No one throughout the world. Natural principle, spiritual truth, right? And he says this, and they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them, you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love, I, I, I shouldn't go further than this because this is where we, we, we get into, it can't be true, I just can't, Jesus knows, how could they love me, how could God love me? Listen to this, listen to this, that you will love them as much as you love me. Please, please, is that, that's like, what? But then you read scripture, and all of a sudden you see God saying it a lot. I sent my son to die for them because I have great love for them. Why were they the worst of the worst, sinners in sin nature, evil, evil people? With great love, I love them. Woo! That is powerful. Yo, baby, that's awesome. Are you guys hearing this? That ought to turn you on. That ought to get you lifted up on your seat. That ought to wake some of you up. Boom. Because that's good stuff, huh? That you will love them as much as you love me. Oh, my gosh. The prayer of Jesus. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Another example of imitating in, in the New Testament is the word follow me. Follow me. And Jesus is going to say this. In Matthew chapter 4, 18, he says this. This is the beginning of his, of his ministry, and he's now picking his disciples out. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Okay, that's what he said to them, right? They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father. Mending their nets, he called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And they did what? Followed him. So the Greek word following him or being following Jesus is something very important to imitation. What Jesus is saying is when you follow me, there, something's going to happen in your life. There's going to be a producing of something that takes place. I, I, I look at this and pay attention to everything, every detail. I try to see breathe. I try to experience anything I can in that. And so I put myself, I try to put myself in there as much as I can, you know, get to the place. I mean, I watch Gladiator. All right. Anyway, that was another meme. But the point is, is I try to experience a life 
and what they're going through and what they're experiencing. And, and when Paul's writing this, who's he writing it to? And what, what are the fears and concerns they're dealing with? And I guarantee you, way worse than us. So why isn't this word really overcoming in our lives? Because we ain't dealing with what they were dealing with. None of us. We're not getting thrown in prison, beaten with whips because we say we believe in Jesus. I mean, I mean I, I've known people that deny Christ just because they're having lunch with someone that goes, you're a Christian? No, I'm not. Over lunch. How, how, how disgusting is that? But that's the nature. That's the nature of people that are on foundation. All right, moving right along, because you guys are just, you're looking and feeling guilty right now. You shouldn't be that way, your love life. You should be going, well, that ain't us, so let's move on. I, maybe it is. So he says, follow. The Greek implies intentional attitude of study. Intentional attitude of study. So when Jesus communicating to him, he's not saying, follow me. Come up here, Ernesto, real quick. I'll show you what he's not saying. Just follow me, okay? That's, you're not doing anything but just following me. I might do something different. You're not gonna do it. You're just gonna follow me, okay? All right, so follow me, all right? That's our definition of follow me. The Bible's definition of follow me, come back here. Now do what I do. Okay? <laughs> That's follow me. All right, thank you. So Jesus was never saying, hey, just hang out, guys. Just hang out with me. Just go where I go and I'll be good. Guess what? You know what they did most of the time? Go where he went. But they didn't follow him. Are you guys hearing me? Something happened in their lives to create the following part. But Jesus did say to them, if you follow me, something's gonna happen. Isn't that interesting? He said, follow me and I will make you. I will what? Make you. That word is do. And it's the word I was talking about when I was sharing with the things Paul was dealing with. He came to the conclusion that poieo, the word do, is connected to an issue on the inside that works out. It's not something related to, I'm thinking about it, therefore I'm performing it. It's more on the inside working out. Now, you can look at that in the negative as far as not being born again. You have a sin nature. The sin nature works from within and out. In other words, it's the fruit of your life. So, sins aren't the issue, it's the nature that's the issue. That changes the whole concept of witnessing because we want to witness to what you do. Sins. God doesn't. By the way, God never operates that way. Well, who produces? Why do all these churches and denominations? Because they don't understand. 
it's a legalistic law concept that we're to watch out for according to Paul's warnings to the churches for religious people trying to bring you out to legalism. Works. And only legalism works for sins, actions. It doesn't, it doesn't operate in nature because then they don't have anything to attack you by. Oh, you're sinning. You're going to hell. No, I have a sin nature. Therefore, I go to hell. Are you guys hearing me? Okay. The word make is something, again, poeo. Poeo, again, is that nature working out. There's something inside working out. And Jesus was saying this. This is going to be something that happens on the inside. Now, for us to understand that is we have a new nature, and that new nature, new nature has the fruit of the Spirit. I will say that again because the problem with most Christians is, is we're praying for the fruit, and you already got it. Now, our issue is this. We're so concerned about the fruit. In other words, the apple the orange, the pomegranate, right? That's our concern. But you have to understand something, that those things are a production of what an apple tree's nature does. It's just going, look, see that apple? That's what I am, yo. That's what it's doing. Look at this orange. See the orange? You go, yeah, you're an orange tree. Bingo, you got it, ace. So the, what is the orange? The orange is the production of the nature. You guys get this? So see, in your life, you need to understand you have a new nature. And you be looking for this God fruit, not realizing that nature will produce it if you mature the plant. See, so many Christians, one out of four, according to Scripture, I'm just giving a, you know, that picture, don't have fruit production. And so what do we start doing? God, give me peace. God, give And we start naming down the fruits, which are correct because those fruit of the Spirit is what we want, but we already have it. We already have it. What has to happen? It has to mature. And all of a sudden, pop, peace, joy, poop. There, there it comes. There's the fruit I've been wanting. Well, what's happening? You've been pulling weeds You've been getting rocks out of the way. You've been watering yourself. You've been getting that sun, the light of the living word, and the watering of the word of God, and it's coming down on you, and that stuff's trying, this is growing and growing, and then someone comes around and goes, do you believe in that stuff? I live this stuff. And you're fighting the attacks of Christian insects. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of them. You'll, you'll learn that you spend any time, more than a week as a Christian, you'll find that out. It's amazing how the body of Christ attacks the body of Christ. It's amazing how people are that way, but they are that way. Our responsibility is let you know what happens and overcome. Say overcome. That's what we're supposed to be, right? Sad thing is, is spiritual or spiritualism is usually tied to religious actions and attitudes. And people are that way don't want to see that because identity issues. Their own view of themselves is low. The most religious people or the ones that attack Scripture more than anybody have a low self-image. But they want to perform or present themselves as spiritual. And that always goes hand in hand. Always. It's sad but true. But we don't have to be that way. And if, if I'm talking to you, which I know I am, 
some people, you overcome. But if you blow it off, it's, it's what I'm talking about. You're again, your example. And usually when you get this way with these people, they, they start ducking their heads and looking down and not paying attention. But anyway, let's move on. Facts are facts. So he says what? Understand that I will make you, what, fishers of men? It's interesting that when it comes down to the whole concept of Jesus on earth and what he was here for, it's, it's so lightly looked at from believers, all of us. And his intensity was always after the one. Always after the one. So you want to know how important people are, are out there to him? The most important. What about me? He's, you're already part of his. And you ought to thank God because you used to be that one. And now you're not. Hallelujah. But what should we be doing? We should be doing what Christ does, imitating God, imitating Jesus. The one should be important. We get lost in our stuff. We get lost in what we want, what we have, what, what our dreams are, what our vision. What, we get lost in that. And we forget the one, and that's the whole purpose of our understanding God, the Father. Because I was that one. I was that lost coin. I was that lost sheep. But he found me. Now I'm part of his family. I got to keep on that concept of what is important to him. Amen? Amen. So let's move right on. Ephesians 5.1 says, Therefore, therefore, be imitators of God. Therefore, be imitators of God. Therefore, in the Greek word, literally means to constantly work toward something. To constantly work toward something. Therefore, be imitators of God. Before he was talking about this, he was talking about the works of the flesh, the work, our attitudes, and the world. And he says, therefore, be imitator. In other words, you've got to work toward this and keep pressing toward it. It just doesn't happen overnight. Y'all got that? Just understand. We got to keep pressing in, keep pressing in. So, be constantly in the process of becoming more like him. Constantly in the process of becoming more like him. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 16, therefore I urge you, imitate me. Bam, that's a scary area because now Paul's gone from God, Jesus. Now he says me. This is where, let me show you a concept of this information. New Christians... I've heard this many times. We'll make this comment. You sound just like Pastor Ann. And it's never in a derogatory way. It's always in, that is so cool. Religious Christians will say this, you sound like Pastor Ann. You know why they do that? Because you're interrupting with their flesh. You're interrupting with something they want to do. And it's only used in a derogatory term. Now I'm thinking, why, why does it work that way? Because that's how the nature is. When you're newly born again, you haven't been taught Christianese yet. You haven't been taught how to be judgmental, evil. You're like, man, this new walk is awesome. And then all of a sudden you see things like this and you're like, this is great. This is awesome. Praise God. And you're into everything. But once you become religionized, 
you pinpoint, you pick, you look at that, that's the wrong type of raise your hands. Uh, you're, you're waving your hands wrong in worship. Uh, what? You, you shouldn't do that. You sound like Pastor Dan. I mean, we can do whatever we want. And what happens is, is it becomes very judgmental against the person you're to imitate. Isn't that interesting? And then when they hear scripture like this, they can't stand it. Because why? Because it's something that we do in the nature. Has anybody heard this term ever? You're just like your father. Is that a great, usually, is that a great term? Is it usually said in a way of uplifting times? Oh, that's interesting, and that is around the whole world. Interesting, huh? And believe me, it, it, people have said to say, you're just like your mother. That's usually not a good statement either, right? I don't know about you, but it always should have been. But it's turned. And this is the thing we need to understand is, is this is what religious people, they don't get this. Because they're using that statement in a derogatory, which is contrary to Scripture. Because if you're in here, and I'm your spiritual poppy, you ought to be sounding like the instruction and message I'm teaching. Could you imagine one of Paul's converts? Could you imagine this? He has a friend that just keeps missing church. He'd just rather go out and have fun. And, and he goes up to, hey, come on, man. You need, to, you need to come to church. Quit. You're missing all the time. You need to come to church. The Bible says, don't forsake it. Come on, come on. And that guy goes, you sound just like Paul. You act like you're Paul. Exactly. It's the same exact thing that people do right now in today's life. And the only reason why they're doing it is you're doing contrary to what I want to do. I'm going against what I know I shouldn't be doing, I'm doing it, but I don't want to hear that. So you attack what people, religion will always attack what Satan's attacks, and that is always the leader. It's in the Bible. All you have to do is read it, and you'll see it. Amen? Or pay attention to it. Amen? So this is what Paul's saying is, and listen, I know people have been in guilty of this. We, I mean, we've all had some way in our walk, but are you going to fight for your right to be wrong? Or are you going to see yourself in an area guilty and then come clean, move out, and get out of that mess and go, I ain't going to be that way. That's all this is for. It's not to pinpoint and to look at your, your sins or your evil, your, what you do negative. That's what we all receive when God's word's being taught. It's revealing things we need to change. Well, my bad. I've heard that. Ooh, wow, that's talking to me. Well, what do we do with that? Do we stick to our guns and go, No. That's what religious people do. Why? Because it's an it's a image issue. You know what psychology teaches on? Teaches about you're just like your dad? It's toxic. It's because of the wife's hurt and attitude toward that husband, either through divorce or even in marriage, that they're angry at. And it's unresolved, and they won't resolve it in their own lives. So they have to go to others to try to guilt, shame them into their pain and hurt. Look it up in psychology. You'll see it. What is that about? It's about us in our nature. There's nothing good about that. So to make that statement is just revealing who you really are. Well, I don't know about you, but when the Bible teaches something, and I'm guilty... I'm not going to fight for my right to stand, stand and go, no, I'm just, this is right, I'm, this is right. I'm not going to do that. 
I'm not trying to make you create, ooh, look how I walk, walk the same way. That's not what Paul's talking about. That's not what Jesus is talking about. That's not what the scripture's talking about. He's talking about the emphasis of the information, the truths that are coming forth, and to communicate those truths as if I was communicating, as I follow Christ communicating. You don't think Jesus is the same? It, you don't think Jesus would say, hey, make church mandatory in your life. Don't forsake it. You don't think Jesus is going to say that, people? Anybody ever believe Jesus wouldn't say that? Sorry, he did say that. And by the way, Paul is imitating Jesus and saying that. And now Paul is saying, imitate me. And I'm saying it. And now I'm saying to you, imitate me. Imitate me what? Understand the importance of what God's word says. That's all. I get it when you're like, well, I want to go. I want to get, I want to miss church because I want to go to the lake and I want to do this. And, and summer only happens one time. And, and well, 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 wait a minute. I get it, the fun time. But there's other days than Sunday. Oh, wait a minute. We don't want to tiptoe through this little garden because now we're getting to God work. Oh, I can't miss work. I can't miss work. I won't miss work. I won't miss work. Oh, see, we go that way. Faithful and loyal to that. But all of a sudden, this Sunday ain't that big. Ain't that important? Listen, I'm not talking trash about anybody doing your vacation. Whatever. You get, you get a ticket to the um, Super Bowl. Who, in the, who would ever go to that? But anyway, and you miss a Sunday. I don't care. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about how simple it is for you to not be here. That's all. Attitude of no big deal. Now, in this day and age, it's like, <laughs> we'll watch it on <laughs> live. I mean, that's what you can do, and there are a lot of people that aren't going to church out of fear, out of laziness, but they can just sit home and watch. I mean, it's just, it's, this is life. I get it. What my point is and will always be and don't ever forget it. It's this. Always will be your heart. Always. And I'm not an anti-vacation guy. I'm not a, a guy that says, don't ever miss a Sunday. You can miss one, but that's it. No, I'm not that guy. I want the heart correct, that's all. And most people understand that because when you are not here, you feel it. And you can enjoy yourself. I'm not saying you're going to feel guilty on that sandy beach. But what I'm saying is, is you know your heart. And that's all I ever talk about, is the key is here. And usually heart issue is revealed when you attack someone that's walking in what the word's saying. It's usually when it's, it's like, oh, you sound like, oh, you sound like. It's never, wow, you sound like pastor. How awesome is that? I'll change. No, it's an attack. It's a religious attack. And people are that way. They know they have a background of religion. It's fact. So we got to be free. And I want to be free in every area that I see revealed that says, Daniel, Daniel, yes, I will. Let me get over it for a while. First Corinthians 11, 1, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Amen. So what am I talking about? Heart issue, right? Y'all got that, right? Heart issue? 
No guilt, no condemnation. Paul's last words in the things I don't want to do, I do, and the things I want to do, I don't do. The last words, he says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Is that awesome? He got to the conclusion, I'm dealing with this battle. This flesh is wanting to do bad. I'm wanting to do good, but I'm not going to be condemned. Boom. I could go on. I'm not going to. I'm stopping right there. I will be talking about 10 characteristics of someone that is imitating Jesus. And I'm not talking about completed. I'm talking about the process. And I'm telling you, I I believe going through these different characteristics, I believe it will, it's going to give you not only answers, but hope. And the stuff will change your life. The first characteristic is always going to look at what Scripture says about us, and it's I am, and the ability to know your new identity, first and foremost. And it's interesting because 18 times Jesus says, I am. And we're going to find out next Sunday, so you've got to come back Sunday. Amen? All right. Father, we thank you for the Word. Thank you for the truth of the Word of God. You're, you're an awesome God, and we, the revelation of who you are just, it, it brings so much peace. So much peace to know that you're not against us, you're for us. You love us. You don't hate us. And we are yours forever. Father, I thank you. Thank you so much for the revelation of who you are. That we don't have to define it by our own feelings or opinions, but the word of God makes it clear as Jesus is, so are you. You are, you are revealed through the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you so much. And now it's our responsibility to start looking at you and to you just the way we would to Jesus, knowing that you are kind, loving, you're, you're filled with grace and mercy, and that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. So all those things that we looked at Jesus we can now look to God the Father, knowing that you are the originator, you're the beginning. You, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, in this three-person revealing is wonderful. It's something we're going to learn more about and pay close attention to because we want to walk in the whole truth, nothing but the truth, So help us, God, in Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.